Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. spoke words of not guilty in many ways over my life amen I'm so glad to have so many of you with us today different faces that I see and I don't think there's anybody perhaps here that I just don't know maybe just a couple perhaps but most of you somewhere in the course of my life we have crossed paths and uh, we have rubbed shoulders and have uh, been around one another and so it's so good to see so many different ones some have not seen for a while in my own personal life or even just be able to cross paths with you but it's good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord I'm going to ask you just as respect to God's word nothing uh, for any respect to me but respect to God's word to turn to the book of Leviticus and if you don't have your Bibles today you can simply look on our screen this morning Leviticus chapter 22 I'm going to read a few verses of scripture there and uh, see what the Lord would speak to us today. And I'll be mindful of your time. I know some of you may have stuff in the oven. Others of you may be dependent on somebody else's oven today. Uh, but nevertheless, I'll be mindful of your time uh, here this morning. Leviticus chapter 22. And um, I, I did go back and just consider what was done last Easter. You know, you're always wondering, what did you do last time? And I preach from the book of Leviticus. I don't know about me in the book of Leviticus on Easter. Uh, it's not necessarily a book people are going to go to a lot of times even just every day normal Christians uh, if they're wanting comfort the book of Leviticus is the last place they're going to head I'm there guarantee you that but that's where I want to go this morning the book of Leviticus and see what we can pull from the scriptures today Leviticus chapter 22 and verse number 17 starting the Bible says and the Lord spake unto Moses saying speak unto Aaron and to his sons to all the children of Israel and say unto them whatsoever he be of the house of Israel or of the strangers in Israel that will offer his oblation for all his vows for all his free will offerings which they will offer unto the Lord for a burnt offering ye shall offer at your own will a male without blemish of the beeves and of the sheep and of the goats but whatsoever hath a blemish that shall not ye that shall ye not offer for it shall not be acceptable for you and whosoever offereth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the lord to accomplish his vow or a free will offering in beeves or sheep it shall be perfect to be accepted there shall be no blemish therein blind or broken or maimed or having a win or scurvy or scab Ye shall not offer these unto the Lord, nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto the Lord. Neither a bullock or a lamb that hath anything superfluous or lacking in his parts, that mayest thou offer for a freewill offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. Ye shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut. Neither shall ye make any offering thereof in your land. Neither from the, a stranger's hand shall ye offer the bread of your God of any of these. Because their corruption is in them. 
and blemishes be in them, they shall not be acceptable for, or accepted rather for you. So the very nucleus of all of this that's being spoken is this, that if you make a sacrifice unto the Lord, and there are various sacrifices, that if you make a sacrifice to the Lord, it required an animal that was without blemish. It couldn't be bruised. It couldn't be broken. couldn't be crippled, blind, cut. couldn't have any type of defect. It had to be without blemish or it would not be accepted. This morning, just for a little short time here today, I'm going to minister this subject. Measuring a man by his lamb. Measuring a man by his lamb. Amen. Can we go to the Lord in prayer today? Father, I come to you this morning. I'm so grateful, Lord, for our guests, Lord, and friends, Lord, that we have here with us today. I pray, oh, Lord, today that you're able to speak to us, Lord, through your word. God, it is a holy word. God, it's a word that's, God, capable, Lord, of imparting life, God, to those who would hear it and those who would practice it. I pray, oh, Lord, for the next few moments this morning, help us, Lord, to consider this idea, Lord, of a lamb, God, without blemish. God, unblemished lamb today. And consider, Lord Jesus, our own lives and like God of all of these things. I know, Lord, that you're able to help us today, God. And I'll give you all the glory and the praise, Lord, for what you accomplish in this place. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Folks, it seems like a very tall order. It doesn't take me but just a few sentences to read through these verses. And I come across that phrase of without blemish, without blemish, time and time again. And through my own personal life, through the life of my family, that estimation of an animal or anything for that matter to give consideration to, to be without blemish is a very tall order. I say that with this reason because it seems like in, in our lives, my wife and I's lives and our family's lives, we no sooner get something brand, as we would say in Southern, it's brand spanking new, that there, there's going to be a rip, there's going to be a tear, there's going to be a scratch, there's going to be something that it's going to be less than what it was whenever we purchased it. It isn't going to be very long. It hangs around the McGee house and it's going to look like it's been used. It's going to look like somebody has maybe even taken advantage of it. Uh, not, several years ago, my wife and I, whenever we went traveling across America and preaching, uh, we got a 36-foot uh, fifth wheel. We bought it straight from the factory. We went up there. It was in Elkhart, Indiana. We went up there, and we grabbed that and drove that thing back home, and, and we put it in, our, in my mom and dad's uh, driveway at that time in Kingsburg. And it had three slides on. I mean, it's, it's new. It's the, 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 the exterior, the fiberglass is still glistening because it's new. You know, all the tread is still on the tires. You know what I'm saying? And so we start to open that thing up, just push a button. The slides would come out. Brad and man, it was just the best thing, I mean, that we had ever seen. This was ours. You know, brand new. I don't think there was anything along the line of a vehicle, recreation vehicle that I ever had in my life that was new. So this was really something 
brand new. And we started pulling out those slides. And as we did, unbeknownst to us, because we're novices, see, at this. We're novices at all this. Unbeknownst to us, there was a, a kitchen chair, you know, the kind that has four legs. And, and it was headed toward the wall. And the seat portion was where that slide was going out. And that slide hit that chair and pushed one of the legs of that chair through the wall of that brand. We hadn't even paid a first payment yet on that trailer. And it, it's now marred. I'm telling you, my heart went down to my socks because this thing was brand new. And now we got a hole in the wall that we're going to try to patch or, you know, cover up. I'm telling you what, around the McGee house, things just get blemished. I tell my wife, we got kids, of course, now, and, and they're a little older, but still it happens. Uh, whenever we bring something new home, there's oftentimes I'll say this to her. I said, dear, let's go on and scratch it, tear it, rip it. Let's do something so we can just get this over with so I don't have to feel my blood pressure rise whenever it happens because it's not going to be too many days from now it's going to happen because I live in a blemished world, a blemished society, and everything I touch is I seem to hurt it, tear it, destroy it. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody, I mean, maybe I'm the only one. Do you have stuff in your house just doesn't look like what it used to look like I mean you I mean I even with the greatest of care try to you know make sure it doesn't happen but Murphy's law or something kicks in brother Terry McGee and it happens I noticed a scratch that wasn't there before there's a little dent there that I didn't see before I'm like where in the world did this come from pay good money for that I liked it the way it looked whenever it was on the store floor I expect it to be like that at least a few days in my own home. But it's blemish. So whenever you start talking to me about something without blemish, without flaw, without defect, honey, I'm sitting on the back seat wagging my head because I think this is an impossibility because I know what life is like in my household. So all throughout Scripture, the mandate then for sacrifices was for them to be without blemish. It didn't matter what the animal was. It didn't matter if it was a lamb or if it was a goat. It did not matter if it was from the herd or from the flock. The, 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 the prescription was still the same. It had to be without blemish. I got a dog, and I guarantee you right now he's got his blemishes too. Hey Amen. It just happens around the house. Amen. Sacrifices were used for a variety of offerings. And it didn't, again, matter what offering it was. It could be an animal that was used for a sin offering for the purpose of allaying or, if you will, taking care of the sin of an individual or a burn offering or a peace offering. There's all kinds of offerings, offerings throughout the Word. But still the standard remained the same. It was to be without blemish. That animal would be brought to the priest and that priest would look over that animal and he would inspect that animal very closely. He would check every possible area of that animal's life. Those things that could be seen and those things that were not seen and he would either give his endorsement that that animal was without blemish or he would reject it saying no there's something wrong here there's a little nick out of its out of its ear over here or not all of its toenails are there or or it's it's its tail is shorter than what it should be part of its sinew on its right leg is a little bit drawn up so he's either going to accept it or reject it he's either going to say that's an unblemished animal or that is a blemished animal there was nothing in between it's either blemished or unblemished and so this this without blemish status though is quite 
pervasive. Whenever you begin to think about what it had to go through, the scrutiny that that animal had to go through from the priest, it had to be without imperfection. It had to be without any bodily deformity. It could have no skin disease upon it. There could be no disfiguring effect that was on the skin or the body of the animal. Insomuch that the animal could not even have a scratch. Now you're talking about livestock, you're talking about herds, you're talking about cattle, you're talking about uh, uh, flocks. Honey, you get them out wandering around and, and it could be very easily for an animal to get a scratch on his skin or some wool, a little tuft of wool be pulled out on a lamb or, or, or it could not even just even have scratches but it could have any scars. In other words, there could be no time in its past that it had been injured. There could be no time in its past that, that, that denoted that it ever had anything wrong with it. It could not even have any scars. It could not be blind. It could not be deaf. It, it, it could not be broken. It could not be maimed. The Bible says it couldn't have scurvy. You couldn't bring in a lamb with the mange. <laughs> you couldn't bring in a lamb with, with mange or running sores. You forget it. That was not acceptable to be a sacrifice. Any other things, though, that it could not have. It couldn't have a bruise. All right. Now, that's, that's getting quite close, isn't it? Couldn't even have a bruise. I mean, I get a bruise, and hopefully over a period of time, it's gone. You know, it's usually something that happens under the skin and not necessarily on the skin. But it couldn't even have a bruise on it. It could not be crushed. It could not be broken. It could not be cut. None of these creatures could have any of those things because if they did, they would never pass as a substitutionary sacrifice for sin, for an individual, for anybody else. In other words, there was none of these things. There were no exemptions for a three-legged lamb. I know some of us have seen some three-legged dogs here around the community, but there was no exemption for a three-legged lamb to be brought to the sacrifice. You, you couldn't have brought a cross-eyed goat. Your mother-in-law might be cross-eyed, but you couldn't. They weren't going to stand up to a cross-eyed goat. I'm telling you right now, it was not going to happen. It meant that they had to be complete. To be without blemish meant that they had to be complete. They had to be whole. They had to be entire. They had to be sound. They had to be healthy. They had to be wholesome. They had to be unimpaired. They had to have integrity, if you will. That was the, 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 the qualification for the sacrifice. I don't care if you were nurturing the runt of the litter and it was the runt. You couldn't bring the runt of the litter and it would qualify. You couldn't bring the animal that just constantly wagging its head like this. Amen. Looking like it's slightly just a little deranged because see, that was not a lamb or an animal that was without blemish. Could someone say amen? It wasn't without blemish. It had to be sound. It's only these types that were without blemish that could be offered unto the Lord. It's only those that were without blemish that would be acceptable unto the Lord. As a matter of fact, Deuteronomy 17 and 1 plainly says that this was the prescription. And to bring anything else, to bring something blemished, to bring something crushed or broken or cut, was to bring something that was an abomination to God. Which meant that you were bringing something that was detestable to the Lord. Something that He loathed. Something that He despised. There could be nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing, defective about the animal. Here's the main thing. There could be nothing defective about the animal that would warrant its death. 
You know, they say, you know, what happens whenever the horse gets sick enough, we just kill the horse. In other words, they wanted to be killing something that there was no reason or purpose for killing. Except for sacrifice. Amen. In other words, there should be no apparent reason for why this living thing needed to be put to death. Except for sacrifice. And what would seem like a merciless killing was in reality a merciful sacrifice. It was a lamb for a man or a lamb for a household. Can someone say amen? In the Passover, we even see it there. The Bible describes that great feast of Passover in the book of Exodus chapter 12. Israel has been in bondage for 400 and have suffered the affliction for 430 years under the Egyptians. They have had the whips laid to their backs. They have served under hard labor. And yet the Spirit of the Lord comes to the deliverer Moses and tells him, I'm going to send you and I'm going to go with you and I'm going to get my people out of Egypt. They've been in bondage for way too long. It's time for them to find and see and enjoy their liberty again. And in order to do this, ten plagues were brought upon Egypt. But the last plague would be the dying of the firstborn all throughout the land of Egypt. But the only way for the firstborn of the households of the Israelites to be spared, the Bible says you guys got to find yourself a lamb. But here it is once again. It's got to be a lamb that's without blemish. That lamb can't be crushed. It can't be broken. It can't be marred. It's got to be sound. It's got to be complete. It's got to be whole. And you got to find yourself a lamb and you got to kill that lamb. And you got to take the blood of that lamb and you got to put it up on the lintel and up on the doorpost of the house. And whenever I come by, I'll pass over you. And when the death angel comes by, it will not enter into your house. In other words, rather than slaying your firstborn, if you slay the lamb, your firstborn born is going to be safe. If you shed the blood of the lamb, you will have to shed the blood of your firstborn. If you'll take the life of the perfect, the wholesome, the complete, the honorable lamb, you won't have to worry about the firstborn in your house being taken. Someone say amen. This was so important. The Bible says they would take that lamb on the 10th day of the month and they would keep it until the 14th day of the month. The 10th to the 14th Nothing seemingly was going on. But you know what was going on? They were inspecting the lamb. From the 10th day to the 14th day. No sacrifices being made yet. No blood's being shed yet. Nothing's being put on the doorpost or the lintel yet. But what are they doing? They're coming out that first day and they're looking at the lamb. They're checking behind the ears, in the ears, around the teeth, in the mouth. They're looking at the tail. They're seeing if it's doing anything that seems to be a little odd or a little off. They go to bed that night. They get up the next morning. You know what their day's going to consist of? Analyzing the lamb. They're going to go back out there and see if it's been crushed, if it's been bruised if it's been cut, if it's been broken, if it's impaired, if it has all of its toes, if it has all of its eyesight, its nose, if everything's functioning just right. And they're going to go to bed that night. But you know what they're going to do the next day? They're going to get up with one purpose. They're going to inspect the lamb. 
they, they got to make sure that this thing is complete and this thing is whole because it's not acceptable unless it is. They got to make sure this thing isn't impaired because it's an abomination if it is. Amen. We got to make sure this thing is what it needs to be. So they're going to inspect the lamb up one side and down the other, analyze it, go over it again and again. They're going to ensure that lamb hasn't been sick, it isn't sick, and it's not going to get sick. They're going to make sure there's no infection in the lamb that may appear during this set time. They want to know whenever they kill it, that was a perfect lamb. Whenever they shed its blood, that was an unimpaired lamb. Whenever they put that lamb to rest, that was the lamb that they needed to be their sacrifice. It had to be without blemish. Someone say amen. And yet the Bible states these words in 1 Peter 1 and verse number 18. The Bible says, for as much as you know, we're in the New Testament now. Uh, Peter is speaking to the church. He's speaking to the people at this time. He says, for as much as you know, ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. In other words, in the Old Testament, they looked down a nose and with eyes of scrutiny to make sure it was not impaired, it was not sick, it was not crushed, it was not broken for the purpose of being the sacrifice that they needed for their households and for their families. Peter says in the New Testament, all of those lambs, all of those goats, all of those bulls, and the blood of all those things that you made sure was without blemish in the Old Testament. He says there's one sacrifice in the New Testament. It is Christ Jesus. As John said, the Lamb of God and he's been slain as a Passover and I got good news for the New Testament church. He is without blemish. The Bible says no guile was found in his mouth. The Bible says both Pilate and Herod said I find no fault with him. He went through days of scrutiny. He went through days of being analyzed but the, the, the consensus of the the people was this. I find no fault. He is without any fault. He's not being crushed or impaired. He's not infected. He's not deranged. He's the perfect lamb of God. He meets the qualification for being the sacrifice. Somebody hear me today? I'm grateful for a lamb that's without spot. I'm grateful for an unblemished lamb today that I find in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful that he is complete and that he is whole and that he is sound. I'm thankful today that the Bible says that there is neither any variableness in him or any shadow of turning. There is no fault that you can lay to him. In his earthly life, there were men of high degrees and low degrees that were trying to put a finger of upon the lamb but nobody could ever do it there were those that tried to falsely accuse the lamb but they could never do it and whenever he came through every trial and through every accusation he came forth without blemish he came forth without scar he came someone say that's my lamb So thank God for unblemished lamb. Thank God for blood from an unblemished lamb. 
that could be put on a lintel and door post. But thank God for the blood of a New Testament unblemished lamb that could be applied to my life and your life for the remission or the removal of the sins of our life. Thank God for an unblemished lamb. But I want you to consider something. The focus in all these offerings, the focus in the burn offering, the peace offering, even Passover, the focus, the scrutiny, the analyzing was always placed on the animal, the sacrifice. That 10th to 14th, Brother Mason, was them checking out the lamb. Because he couldn't be broken. He couldn't be crushed. He couldn't be impaired. But who the lamb was for? The household. Or the person. During that time of analyzing. During that time of scrutiny. When the man brought the lamb for sacrifice. The man was not scrutinized. The man was not looked upon. The man was not inspected. In other words, the lamb was. It wasn't how good the man, the one who brought the lamb was. It was how good the lamb was that brought acceptance. What did that mean? That meant this. There could have been a man with a gimpy leg. Somebody hear me. There could have been a man with a gimpy leg having by his side a perfect lamb on the way to the temple and says, here's my sacrifice for my sin. The people didn't look at the guy with the gimpy leg and say, we can't do this. You got a gimpy leg because that's not where the focus was. The focus was on the lamb. And as long as the lamb was pure, as long as the lamb was unaffected, as long as the lamb wasn't impaired, No, I got to preach to this congregation today because there's some sitting right here under the sound of my voice this morning that I think you got the preconceived notion that it's all on you, but it's not. It's all on your sacrifice. It's not on you. You can come in here crushed. You can come in here broken. You can come in here cut. You can come in here taken advantage of by life. You can have all the scars you want, but honey, we're not scrutinizing your life. We're scrutinizing the Lamb. We measure a man according to his lamb. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. That's how a person whose life can be pinpointed with drug addiction can come to the house of God and receive the spirit of God because it has nothing to do with what your past has been or what you've measured up to or not measured up to. It's all about your sacrifice, your lamb. You can come in here and have had five divorces and have kids from every single one of them, but that doesn't matter. They're not scrutinizing you. They're not looking behind your ears and see if you have all the appendages you have. No, they're working considering the lamb today and when we consider the lamb he's whole he's complete he's with that you don't have to be whole in order to come to the sacrifice you don't have to be complete as long as your lamb is So I'm telling you right now, just as it is now my household, so it was no doubt then. 
I guarantee you there's very few, probably none in my estimation that would have been able to walk to the sacrifice and based upon their own condition, if you will, say I'm good enough to have this done for me. No, that's not where the test was. It wasn't about anybody being good enough. It was about the sacrifice being good enough. Why? Because everybody has their hangups. Everybody has their scars. There's some people that's missing some things that went lost in their life. In a figurative sense, there's some three-legged people in this place that lost something along the way. But I've come to preach to you here at the First Apostolic Church. You are going to be measured by your lamb. You're going to be measured by your lamb. And he's altogether lovely. He's sound. He's thorough. He's whole. He's not impacted. Measure the man by the lamb. It wasn't on Passover night. But for those days leading up to it, each day they would check all the children or check the firstborn of the house or make sure mama had it all together. That's not where it was. That's not where it was. The focus was... I feel in the Holy Ghost some I've been somewhat intimidated even by coming to church on an Easter Sunday this morning. Because you felt like you didn't have every T that needed to be crossed and every I that needed to be dotted. You looked through the past of your life before you showed up here on Sunday morning and you said, I got a lot of scars. There's still some, there's still some oozing issues. Our family seemed to have been plagued with a disease. Somebody hear what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Hallelujah. I, my, my arms kind of shrunk back. I, I just can't extend it like I used to. I, I'm just not what I used to be. I, I've experienced life out in the pasture. and I, I've, I've had my wool, you know, pulled by some briars and some thorns. And I'm just not, just not what I need to be. Honey, I, God, I'm telling you, I got good news for you. The without blemish part had nothing to do with the man. It had to do with the lamb. And you're here today. You, well, you know what that means? Come in here blemished. Come in here scarred. Come in here taken advantage of. It doesn't matter. But if you got a lamb, and you do today. If you got a lamb, you got a lamb that's whole and pure. It doesn't matter. God will measure your life according to the sacrifice he provided in Bethlehem's table. He will measure your life. Really? Brother McGee? Yeah, really. See, he's already went through the scrutiny, so you don't have to. The eye has already been down upon him, and the words have been spoken against him, and they scrutinize his teaching and his manner of walk, whether he was eaten with publicans and sinners or not. He's already been tried! So you don't have to. He's already been given the verdict of a no fault. So why go through the whole process with you whenever it is a lamb for a man and you measure the man according to his lamb? <laughs> the Bible says it over and over again, pinpointing it for us, that it was the just for the unjust. It was the godly for the ungodly. It was the clean for 
the unclean. What is that? A lamb for me. He didn't say the just for the just, or the godly for the godly, or the clean for the clean. No, what it meant was both parties don't have to be unblemished in this scenario. Only one, and that's the lamb. Watch me here. Bible says without blemish a little word study on that that word those two words without blemish are translated from a Hebrew word more importantly from a root Hebrew word which means this to complete to complete or to When I consider that without blemish means to complete or to finish, I realize something very quickly, Brian, that that was played out in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God even before he ever went to Calvary. How? I'll tell you how. Because there were times as he went by people with blind eyes Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. They're blinded. In the presence of the temple of a sacrifice, that would have not been acceptable. But Jesus walked by and he completed what was incomplete in the eyesight came. Deaf ears were over here. Maybe only could read lips, but whenever Jesus passed by, he completed what was unfinished. Dead bodies were in the ground, but he stands out there and says, Lazarus, come forth. We see it over and over again. Those that were sick of a bloody fox or had issues of blood, all different things that you would call blemishes, all kinds of different measures, even a man that had a withered hand and the Lord said to him, stretch forth your hand. What was going on? He was completing an unfinished work. Someone hear me today? Because God has a way. Whenever it's a lamb for the man, the man can come in crushed. But whenever the lamb is sacrificed for him, he takes care of the broken pieces in the life of the man. The, lad, the person can come in with their scars that are deep and evident. But whenever the lamb that's without blemish comes into the picture, he completes the healing even of the scar that's in somebody's life this morning. He completes and finishes the uncompleted finish because he's without blemish. Look, here's what the Bible says in Colossians 2 in verse number 9. It's speaking of Jesus Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's complete. But he's not only complete, but he likes to complete. Look at verse number 10 then. And ye, the church at Colossae, and ye are complete. Ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Someone just hear what I'm saying? Because he's complete, you can be complete. Oh yeah, 
because he's complete you can be complete but you got to be complete in him what's that mean you can't just flounder out here on the pasture you got to be the person that's joined to the sacrifice you got to be the one that has the lamb and the leash headed to sacrifice and say I tell you what it's his life for my life it's his completeness for my incompleteness it's his soundness for the places in my life that's bruised and crushed and broken and cut it's his for mine and whenever you do that you can become complete in him today there's nobody that has to leave this building intimidated by past wounds. There's nobody that has to leave this building that's afraid and fearful and a little bit shy because of the scars you have from your past. There is a lamb here that's complete and he wants to make you complete in him today. We measure a man by the lamb. Stand with me. I'll bring this thing to a close. So, Bishop, it brings a whole fuller and refreshed meaning then to me today. Mom, whenever I consider the lamb hung high and stretched wide suffering through the agony the pain and the torment bleeding the Bible said he was even tried with a cat of nine tails they thronged him see that was the way that they tried the prisoners they thronged them to see if they could get any any evidence that there could be you know it's kind of like testimony see if there was any testimony that they would give if they would claim to be guilty or not he was what were they trying to do they were inspecting him by the whip nothing stretched high hung wide darkness fell upon the earth there seemed to be a shaking there were some that were in the tombs that came the graves were open but as he releases that spirit the without blemished lamb says these words it is finished only the unblemished can finish a thing to complete to finish the unblemished lamb says it is finished you know what that did in that moment that granted hope every scar the people in the audience was dealing with that granted hope to every bleeding issue that everybody that was out in the audience was contending with that was taking care of the impaired and the broken and the crushed those that had dysfunctional families those that had sins so gross they would not even breathe a word of it to another person the moment he said it's finished he said I'm complete so that you can be complete he's the author and the finisher of your faith of your story see you're thinking you're going to have to do away with the book but God's saying just let me write another page because the measurement of your life is based upon the measurement of the land we bow our heads in this place this morning. I'm thankful for the spotless, glorious, 
but that thankfulness and the awareness of that is so much more contrasting whenever I consider my own condition. Because if it was based upon my condition, it would never be enough. If it was based upon my condition, it would be an abomination. It would be detestable. It wouldn't be accepted if it was based upon my condition. But thank you, Lord, from eons of time, even to Calvary, that you've always based the acceptance of the sacrifice upon the sacrifice and not the offerer, upon the lamb and not on the man. It's not changed. I can't, Pastor McGee. There's just no way I can't. You are exactly right. You can't. You're not enough. You're not enough. There's too many impairments in your life. There's too many imperfections. There's too many scars, too many scabs, too many scratches and cuts. Too many! But my question today is, is do you have a lamb? Do you have a lamb? Because the measuring stick's not being laid out to your life at this juncture in the road. It's going to be laid out on the life of your lamb. And I'm here to tell you today, if you've been on a search trying to find just the right one, if you've been on a search just trying to find the right thing that will satisfy and fit the bill and, and it seems like you've come up time and time again hopeless and empty-handed, I'm here to tell you today the lamb has already been provided. It's already went through a time of scrutiny. It's already went through a time of being analyzed. And the verdict upon the lamb is this. It's clean. It's whole. It's complete. It's without blemish. And so it's acceptable for your life. It's acceptable for your bruises. It's acceptable for your transgressions. It's acceptable for your spotted life. Because the measure of a man, please go home with this on your mind. Because the measure of a man is by the estimation of his lamb. God is here this morning. We're here on this Resurrection Sunday because Jesus Christ was our Passover. It was his blood that was shed, his life that was scrutinized. And we're casting our eyes, not at you today. We're casting our eyes at him. And he's acceptable. He's without blemish. He's complete today so that you can be complete. And the Bible says that we can only be complete in Him. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you've never had the Spirit of God not just touch you but come in you and upon you, if you need that peace that passes all understanding beyond whenever you leave these beyond when you're in these double doors, but even when you leave, then you need heaven to come down and touch you afresh this morning. You need the Lamb to make you complete in Him. Don't walk out here with your scars and with your brokenness and with your intimidation of your past life. Put your confidence and your trust and your faith in the spotless, unblemished Lamb today. Hallelujah. Can we just close our eyes all of this place, church family? 
can you help me to pray right now? They're going to sing a song. This altar is open. I, I know sometimes this can be a very scary time, but the altar, Brother McGee, listen, when, if you come walking up here today, it's just you and your lamb. You come walking up here today, it's just you and your lamb. I'm not standing here. Nobody else in this place is standing here. We'll look at them. I know where they've been. I know some of their scars. No, 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 no. That's not where the eyes go. You know what they're saying? Wow, look at the Lamb of God. Look at that. Look at that complete, wholesome Lamb that this, this person has, has brought. This person that has associated themselves with. This spotless Lamb. These altars are open this morning if there's anybody. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not just a real king right now. I'm making a, a step forward. That's fine, sir. That's fine, ma'am. Right there in your pew this morning, God can nurture your brokenness. Right there in your pew today, God can nurture those crushed areas in your life. Those places of imperfection that we all have. That we all have. He can make this complete in Him today. Would someone seek after the Lord right now? He's here. I feel the spirit of the Lord here. Not, not trying to get mystical or spooky on you, but I, if you've sat in this place and have felt anything through the process of this service, I'll tell you what that is. That's the spirit of an unblemished lamb in this place. He's wanting to minister to your life, to my life, afresh and anew. God, I couldn't do it. God, I couldn't do it. God, I couldn't do it. Sister Mason, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.